Hello, hello, and welcome to the A Day in the Life of Zori podcast. My name is Zori, and I am the host. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on our very first podcast episode, and I also want to wish everyone a very happy new year. I'm hoping that this year you are welcoming it happy, healthy, full of hope of what is to come in this new year. I hope that you remember to always be kind, compassionate, and loving towards others, knowing that at some point when you need it the most, all of that energy will be returned back to you. Um, In today's episode, we will be getting an introduction to me, Zori. I would like to just share a little bit of my background, my story, and where I come from so that you know who I am and where some of my perspectives and views in life come from. So I am a 36-year-old married mother of two. I have two beautiful daughters, and I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, Ponce, Puerto Rico to be exact, which is in the southwestern part of the island. Um, Puerto Rico is a very beautiful island filled with much culture, history, and so much pride for the culture and just being a Puerto Rican. So with that, um, I was raised there until I was almost nine years old. So I did begin my schooling in Puerto Rico. I am the oldest of six kids um, and we moved to New England, Connecticut to be uh, exact. Back when I was eight, turning almost nine years old, I was already in school heading into the fourth grade and moving to a whole new country, not knowing the language, um, being the oldest of the kids, definitely had an impact in my life and growing up and who I am molded the person that I am today. Um, We moved here and we didn't have a lot of money, so we didn't have a lot of the commodities like having a car, Um, living in New England and Connecticut to be precise. um, Going through the winters meant we were walking around or taking a bus, um, doing a lot of the public transportation things until my parents were able to gather enough resources from working to be able to buy like a vehicle. Um, It's a lot of things that I think people take for granted and it's things that I remember all the sacrifices and things that my parents had to do in order to get this large family moved into a new place um, to be able to find housing um, that would accommodate all of us comfortably. It was just a lot of different things that I saw growing up and most certainly I think that these are things that people take for granted and uh, myself coming here I my very first year of education here was actually I skipped a grade and took a dual language um, year so I was taking classes in Spanish and English so I had a bilingual teacher that taught everything in both languages and within a year at school I was able to master um, and get a pretty good handle of the English language which is very complex I know everybody talks about other languages and how complicated they are. English is very complicated um, just because there's so many words that sound alike, are written alike, but mean very different things. Um, So within a year I was picking up English and I was very shy, very introverted and I remember just kind of being overwhelmed by the fact that I was now in this whole new place and was expected to kind of acclimate to this new environment. Um, But most certainly it is something that my parents were always very loving and encouraging about. They were very supportive, very involved. I remember my mom always being um, involved in school and, you know, getting to know my teachers and ensuring that all of my academics and everything that I needed um, in terms of schooling was always supplied or taken care of. 
in this particular elementary school that I went to, which oddly enough, one of my sisters is now an educator at that very same school. It's a very cool kind of full circle story. Um, I met some really special teachers and I really think that teachers don't get nearly enough credit to their profession and what it means to truly be a dedicated teacher. My very first teacher coming into the dual language system was such a wonderful, caring individual. And honestly, just recently, I was trying to find her through social media just to kind of reconnect and just thank her for the amount of care and dedication and time that she put into helping me acclimate not just to the language but just to the whole new environment that was living in Connecticut um, having moved from Puerto Rico just because the culture is so vastly different in the city that we live in there is a large Latin population and always has been it's actually predominantly Latin and Polish um, and though there is community in that sense that you can find people that speak your language and your native tongue it's just a very different environment and climate in the united states and i just don't think that people understand that when people move here from a foreign country and i know for some of you you may be thinking well puerto rico is part of the united states it's a commonwealth yes but puerto rico is its own entity it's an it's its own country it's got its own culture and heritage and background and history so it's a vastly different feel from the island to moving into new england if you can imagine of course besides the climate itself there's just so many different things um so coming in as the oldest of six kids i was obviously already progressed into school um, heading into middle school, I definitely felt like I could fit in a little bit more because I spoke the language. Um, I was still very introverted and shy. So with that, I made friends because I was obviously a likable person. It was just very hard for me to kind of open up. And actually, two of my very best friends that I made in middle school in that sixth grade year are still friends of mine to this day. And it just kind of opened up the world of opportunities meeting people from different cultures one of them is actually vietnamese and the other one is uh, half dominican half puerto rican and it's just it was so cool to kind of acclimate with with different cultures and and kind of see what it was like to grow up as an americanized um kid so with that through middle school i did join what was called then i don't know if this still exists the gifted and talented program insert my husband's joke here mockingly about the program he always made fun of it um but it was for kids who excelled in academics who were very intelligent and this gave them an opportunity and an outlet to go to a different location and participate in different activities different field trips and just kind of gain a little bit more culture a little bit more insight into different realms of learning that is not in your traditional curriculum within the educational system in public schools this particular program though you looking back it was probably nerdy um i love learning i love school and that's something that even at 36 years old i'm still considering going back to school just because i love learning i love the aspect of having to read and write and just kind of put your brain to work um and think creatively and just think you know um analytic 
analytically, sorry, uh, and just think in so many different ways, force your brain to kind of see things from different perspectives, debates, um, public speaking, so many different things that you learn in school um, and through college that just I love. I love the process of learning, even though I want absolutely nothing to do with actually teaching. Um, more of that to come in later episodes, but um, going through middle school, I was part of this program. I was with my friends and just kind of acclimated to the culture a little bit. And by the time I hit high school, I definitely felt like I was just part of the normal American high school experience. The only difference was I did partake in this program in Connecticut that's offered. It's called CONCAP and it was a pre-collegiate um preparation program it was I'm not sure if it was intended for first-generation college students um, but it was something that helped you to learn about and prepare for college learn about resources um, learn about the process the tools and the steps that it takes in order for you to apply for college get accepted for college how do you decide Um, so many different things and as a first-generation college student that I was going to be Um, I was kind of paving the way for my siblings and their future education um, if they so decided to choose that path. Um, Going through high school, I was very reserved. I was very friendly, but I was still very reserved. I didn't really go to the um, sports games, football games. I didn't do any of that, even though one of my best friends ended up being a cheerleader and um, she dated and eventually married a baseball player so it was just like so many different things that people kind of branch off into and I was just kind of front of the mill just go to school do my thing uh, and go home and I didn't really partake in any of that looking back in retrospect I kind of wish I had done a little bit more of the normal high school experience type of thing Um, I did do my proms and a couple of dances but I never went to a football game Um, I never went to any of the sports games or anything like that where you kind of get to enjoy just your normal teenage experience and kind of hang out and, you know, cheer and celebrate something um, greater than yourself. Um, But with that, either way, I still very much enjoyed my high school experience. I definitely feel like I connected and related to so many different people in different circles, different cliques. And I think that some of that definitely helps to mold you and figure out who you are in high school where I went housed about 3,000 students so you definitely were going to find somebody somewhere that you could hang out with that you could relate to um and even though I think for many people it may be overwhelming when I tell them that I went to a high school that housed this many students um I didn't see anything out of the ordinary I mean you know you go to school and there's just a lot of people um frankly I think it would be weird if I went to a school that didn't have as many kids it would just seem kind of empty like where the rest where are the rest of the students um it was the norm it was all we ever knew so it didn't really matter but um I loved my high school experience and it's been gosh it's been almost 20 years since I graduated in high school and I can't believe it. it just seems like yesterday but going through school and such my parents definitely always had to um work i remember my dad working second and third shift and my mom you know eventually had to go into the workforce when my sisters were old enough to go into school and it was just a lot of um you know you have five kids growing up at the time when we first moved here and it was just a lot of you know puzzle piece putting together figuring out who can do what who can be where 
and you know the school schedules having kids in different age groups so between myself and the first set of twins which are my brother and sister there's a four-year gap and then between that set of twins and the next set which are my sisters there's a two-year gap so between me and the youngest sisters there's a six-year gap so it's definitely a bunch of different school schedules that you're looking at by the time I hit high school um, my brother and sister were in middle school and my little sisters were finishing elementary and heading into middle school so it was just a lot of complicated things that were happening as we were growing up but um, being the oldest I just always kind of took the lead and tried to lead by example I always you know abide by the rules listen to the rules you know do whatever my parents needed um, help them in any way that I could um, which for the first you know few years even though I was very young I helped to you know translate phone calls and translate documents as they came in letters or whatever it may be just because not everything had the resources to come translated in Spanish now there's such a vast number of resources where people just really can't complain there's so many things that you can get in your language even beyond Spanish um, but it was just a lot of different things and by the time I graduated in high school and went off into college I really felt like I had kind of come into my own and was really finding out who I was as a person and as myself within my family I definitely feel that my siblings um, helped to mold who I am but also being the first kind of sets you up for having the stricter guidelines stricter rules and you kind of have to figure it out on your own um and i never wanted anybody to feel like they couldn't come to me once they hit certain steps and phases in their lives in school um, or whatever it may be that they had to walk alone because i had to do that on my own not only because i was a non twin but just because I was the older person the older sibling and it was just kind of my role in the family to kind of go through the motions and go through these steps and kind of lead the way and show everybody what things needed to get done um, even now I'm helping my youngest baby brother fill out his college applications and I I sat there and looked at the computer and the application I said oh my gosh like I can't even like remember having to do this all on my own and here he is you know all these years later he's applying into college and um, it just really felt like a full circle kind of thing where like okay well here I am again being the big sister helping him out um, leading the way making sure that he does everything gets everything he needs for his college applications um, it's such an exciting time so if you're in that moment where you're applying for college I definitely know it can be stressful and overwhelming just take it one day at a time one task at a time and just kind of make sure that you read through everything go through the application figure out what you need and then just start tackling the list one by one I know it can be overwhelming but you can get it done and you can do it successfully don't let it overwhelm you or draw you into anxiety and stress believe me as somebody who suffers from that um, it's not worth dragging yourself into all of that even though I know the mental space we sometimes get in when we're overwhelmed by so much information beyond that by the time i hit college i also became very involved in our local church which is which is the church that i subsequently got married in and i'm still part of now and i began to be a, a worship leader so i was involved in the music ministry and i was very young at the time and i did accept it um only because i did feel that that was my calling so i am very very much Christian and spiritual 
um, I'm just a regular person, like, you know, the next average Joe, but I do believe in God and I do have that relationship with God. And I felt that that was my calling. So I definitely decided to partake in that. Um, at the time I was more involved in the youth group. Obviously I was like 19, 18, 19. Um, and I just wanted to be a part of something. And at the time I was just kind of like a background singer. I wasn't lead on anything. Um, and eventually over time that did become something that I'm very passionate about, something that I feel and love to do, um, something that I pray about all the time that I can be used, um, with my talent that God has given me to be able to bless other people and touch other people and be that instrument that he needs to impact people in that moment. Um, it's, it's definitely not something that I use to glorify myself, to, you know, go out there and say, I'm a singer. That's not what I do. Believe me, it's the last thing I tell anybody when I actually meet them face to face is that I'm a singer. Um, most of the time it's my mom who rats me out and says, oh my gosh, have you heard her sing? She's a singer. Um, that's definitely not what I do, not what I put out there, but it is something that I absolutely love to do. And it's something that I'm grateful that I have been bestowed that talent and gift of song to be able to help people um, just connect and have a relationship with God and for some people music is a very crucial and key instrument in that so with that um, later on so around that same time frame my parents decided to go into foster care which eventually led to my sixth and final sibling um, so we did some foster care we took in some kids and at the time I was already a um, adult legally so i was 18 going on 19 and at the time i had to kind of go through the motions with my parents have the background check and all of that so if you've ever done anything um with cps or dcf as we call it here department of children and families um it is a very long painstaking process to ensure and go through the backgrounds um, of my parents ensure that they take all the classes and courses necessary in order to become foster parents and by the time they did all of this I was already an adult so I had to kind of go through some of the classes and courses with them have the background check and whatnot and agree um, to the fact that my parents would be taking in and fostering an additional child or children depending on the case um, we did have a couple of cases before we ran into my baby brother um, and when we received and welcomed my baby brother as a foster baby he was just six weeks super tiny 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 baby um i spent that very first summer taking care of him and everybody thought he was mine because at the time i was dating somebody who happened to look like him um and it was just the right time you know i was out of high out of high school and college and everybody just thought that i had gone ahead and had a baby but it was not my baby as my baby brother um, we had him for several months and then eventually he, um, went back and forth between us and his mom and then eventually he became eligible for adoption and of course we did not hesitate to welcome this blue-eyed gorgeous blonde baby into our lives because he had been there since he was a tiny tiny baby. Um, how could you not? He was a part of our hearts and a part of our lives for so long. By the time that his adoption became finalized, he was almost two. And honestly, I know that my parents took on an additional load of work because we were already teenagers, full-blown teenagers up to a college student. 
um, when my parents took on an additional baby, a little toddler. So um, all I know is that the decision was unanimous between all of us that we wanted to keep this baby, that we wanted to keep our baby brother, and that we wanted to complete our family. So he rounds off the six siblings and the family of eight. Um, and it's honestly a decision that has definitely impacted my life. Adoption has always been something that I am most willing to consider and hope to be able to do at some point, if not at minimum foster. Um, we just need to get our own house in order to do that and always, always, always in the back of my mind is to have that extra room so that we can give back um, to these kids that so need that love and compassion and just need that special person to be a part of their lives, whether it's just for a few weeks, a few months, or up to years. Um, it's something that I honestly was very touched and moved by my parents decision to do this and I know that it came from a place of love just because we literally came here with nothing and by the time that I was in my late years of middle school my parents bought their home and they didn't have a lot of money they didn't make a lot of money but they definitely knew how to manage their money how to budget and they they basically almost paid off this house at this point um raising up five kids and then eventually the six it's just so much love and just they want to always pay it forward they are grateful for anyone that has ever lent a hand for such a large family being such a big family you're not invited to a lot of places you're not given a lot of opportunities just because we are so large my parents did not um, collect state benefits we didn't collect food stamps everything that we had my parents worked for and paid for and I know when people think of you know the, the the state you know resources that people sometimes collect people are like oh well it's just lazy and you know what I'm sure that my mom would have certainly been relieved to get even you know a hundred dollars of food stamps back in the day just because we were so many and it's just so much so much expense that goes into raising such a family and honestly looking back now and even once we got old enough i think we looked back at some of our memories and some of our favorite times as kids and we wondered how my mom like worked her magic um in terms of budgeting and just making things happen being able to do things and special things and special moments um, did we ever go to like Disney World? No, but we have memories galore and so many things that are unique to our childhood and our upbringing that we all cherish and we all wish and hope to be able to replicate with our own families and our own kids growing up. Um, I think that in this world of technology and just digital media and everything has just been digitized we've kind of lost some of the magic that it is to be a kid to just play outside and do the things um that kids do we grew up outside we had a trampoline that a neighbor had given to us and this trampoline man it like became like the center of so many hilarious stories um so many fun memories and just so much stuff that my mom really worked hard to do and 
they put all their eggs in this basket buying this house with a little bit of you know a yard in the back and have it fenced in so that we could play and roam and be kids in a safe environment and honestly all of their eggs in that basket truly paid off in my eyes um so with that i just want to say that my family and who i am and where i come from is definitely centered around my parents their long-lasting loving marriage and their efforts and sacrifice to move us from the island here with just a couple of suitcases a box of pictures and nothing else um honestly when people look and consider people who move to this country seeking a better opportunity i sometimes think that we may belittle certain moves certain decisions or certain things that people end up doing but honestly you don't know where people have come from to know what they deem successful so my parents being able to move here find work be able to buy their home and give us a place to live and a place to grow up and build memories is 100% successful it was 100% the dream that they hoped to fulfill and it was certainly something that took a lot of effort, a lot of sweat, a lot of blood and tears, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of really, really long periods of time where my dad worked third shift and then my mom worked first. So they barely saw each other, but they did everything for the family, for the kids to bring that better future. And eventually it did pay off. Um, and I, I know that my mom says all the time how proud she is of the kids that she's raised and at this point she's got five kids in their 30s and then my baby brother who will be 18 this this year and I just really want to just share that my family and where I come from the story that I come from is very much filled with love filled with closeness we love being around one another we love being together we love laughing and just creating memories and that's who I am and where I come from and that's the family that created me and put me out here um, and that's what's led me to be who I am now at 36 and it's the family that I resort to and come back to every single time I go back to my roots when I feel that I'm losing my way that I need advice that I need some kind of motivation some kind of pep talk some kind of kick in the pants to kind of move and get things in gear I always go back to my family to that core those eight people that know me better than anything else and those eight people that love me encourage me and push me forward um i am married so i will share that in a different episode and give you that story but i just wanted to share about where i come from and where zori originally stems from i am one of a party of eight and i am very very proud to share that i have just wonderful wonderful siblings i have three sisters two brothers my mom and my dad who are still happily and lovingly married who have shared the example of what it is to love to be christian to have a successful marriage through the ups and the downs they show what fidelity and love and compassion and forgiveness looks like and honestly it's just an amazing journey and i just want to be able to share tidbits of that continuing through this podcast um, the next podcast, I'll certainly share about my individual family, my husband, my daughters, and all of that, how we got together and such, and how our family has come to be, which is a very interesting journey as well. Um, but I just want to thank you all for joining me in this particular podcast to hear a little bit about me, hear about my 
my my island my puerto rico learn about my education my upbringing and just know that it doesn't matter how much money how much quote-unquote success we may have at the end of the day we have the people that you love around you and everyone is healthy everyone is cared for everyone is sheltered and fed and clothed that is a successful day so it doesn't mean you need to have millions but it does mean that you need to have love in your heart peace of mind and a sound place where you can rest and lay your head so thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the day in the life i hope that you've enjoyed this particular chat and we will be in touch again uh, i'm hoping to drop these every two weeks but definitely keep a lookout for the upcoming podcast thank you so much and have a wonderful day i hope that you have a blessed day and again happy 2020 take care